0: Welcome to another episode of Mark My Words. Don't forget the colon. So in today's episode, I am joined by a very good friend of mine, Imogen, and she brought this topic to me. And frankly, I had no idea where this is going to go. But uh, here she is. Hello, Imogen. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm very intrigued because we're going to be talking about Netflix.
1: Yes, the um, evil thing in all of our life that takes up too much time, I would say.
0: <laughs> the comfort blanket with spikes, I guess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> completely.
0: So what is it about Netflix that one made you want to talk about it on the podcast?
1: Um, so I was actually watching Netflix as we all do. I was watching um, Bridgerton, which I'm pretty sure most of the population has now seen. <laughs> if you haven't kind of living under a bit of a rock, I guess. But... Oh,
0: don't don't at me like that. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but I was actually just more and then going across to TikTok, yes, I am one of those people. Um, that I was just amazed about how much influence that this TV show had on kind of the culture of kind of outfits. It was more fashion for me, like the influence on corsets and things like that. Um, which was yeah no it was just the influence of fashion from a tv show and also like obviously how much like how god how many people watched it um Mm -hmm. yeah that was more and then I just got a bit intrigued and did some research
0: and what did your research find then
1: um so I was more looking into I didn't actually realize but there's a genuine thing called the Netflix effect which oh. is um the idea that it's just taking up free time. So it's like new binge watching. Um yeah, so sorry, it's the Netflix okay. effect. So it is based, like it's just the idea of whether it's affecting more time and culture and binge watching, which I just thought was mad. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the idea that like binge watching has become the new normal in T V. So I don't know about you but like series come out in one day and like people watch I, I watched the entire of the new season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine I would say in 24 hours which was just something that you've never really had <laughs> influence, like access to before then obviously yeah. the negative complications that come with that.
0: Yeah, because what I've tried to do in the past year of lockdown, I guess, I can't believe I'm saying those words out loud, is that, you know, I've I noticed that my brain just feels fried and empty when I'm watching too much TV or YouTube or something. And it's mm-hmm. just all so accessible that it it's hard to, like, to, I suppose it's so addictive and it's so easy that it's really hard to not be sucked into, as you said, 24 hours dedicated to one TV show.
1: Yeah, no, completely. It is, I think, especially, like, as a uni student as well, when you, especially in locked, like, well, in these COVID times, yeah. um, everything's online. So it's so easy to kind of get sidetracked, as I'm sure with everyone else, with it's just, well, what else have I got to do with my day? I'll just watch Netflix, which I think will be interesting to see what happens to these streaming services when life returns back to normal well you know like whatever that. normal that is yeah <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. Is it ever?
0: <laughs> yeah so with um as you say the culture has kind of been shifted with Netflix reaching such new heights especially over the past year mm-hmm. um what what in particular do you think people would be shocked to find out
1: I think so I was shocked about the kind of how diversity in netflix is still kind of lacking so much so there was a they have taken some steps forward so for example like netflix created the like net netflix fund for creative equity um last no this year sorry in march 2021 which means they invested 20 million dollars a year for the next five years in building a more inclusive sets behind the camera so obviously kind of making sure that women um and like well i think this one's actually more aimed at just getting women behind the power so like women directors women filmmakers yeah i'm just gonna prop my phone up that's gonna be the new way we're gonna do it okay.
0: um,
1: sorry why did i get so the this is i don't really know why my phone's doing this but Um, Mm. So the Netflix Fund for Creative Equity, um, which is about getting women behind the camera, but however, in a study that was done, um, basically found out that there's still kind of like, only 31.9% of leading roles were given to members of like underrepresented ethnic groups, in which is just like the fact that that's still under 50% and like the more like Latino and Asian protagonists were only like 2.6% and 4% in all kind of movies films tv shows documentaries like in on Netflix and I just thought that was still mad that there's still kind of such a lack of diversity in the films given how like many genres film like access you have you know to it Mm -hmm. like I thought that was kind of crazy
0: I suppose it also doesn't help when Um, I suppose we'll come on to later but with Netflix being so universal there's categories for foreign speaking and regional variation of dramas and such, you know, you can watch all your uh, telenovelas and all this Spanish speaking stuff and yet Latino protagonists are 2.6% rather
1: Yeah, no it is but then I guess I would say like to give, it is one way you could look at it as a positive, obviously not the kind of lack of representation but kind of for the first time, I would probably say ever in Europe, minus maybe things like Eurovision and different sports matches like the football, like people all over Europe are kind of watching the same TV shows in the same time period. It's kind of a bit more of an inclusion, like inclusion like Money Heist, which is in Spanish was a major hit here and also a major hit across Europe. And I just think for the first time ever, that's kind of mad that everyone you could go to a different country be like, oh, I watch this TV show. And chances are, most people would have had access to it as well. Um, which I just think is probably a nice.
0: Yeah. So if you think this study by the University of South Carolina would mm-hmm. show the results of 2020 to 21, do you think it would look better than the 2018 to 19 statistics? Or
1: I think they've obviously made an effort to, incre- like I do think there is more kind of representation in TV shows that are coming out, but I do think probably the big change will be over the next five years, because obviously they've introduced these uh, investments and funding to help try and make films more representative um, and get more cast and crews um, as a like more diverse range of people. Um, But obviously that only kind of is starting this year. So I suspect it will be over kind of the next two to three years where we'll actually see a major change. So that kind of...
0: Yeah. And I suppose that's (laughs) that's hoping that film gets up and running in the way that TV has managed to, I suppose, head on leaps and bounds in the past year.
1: No, 100%. Like, I think it is whether there's just... Because obviously Netflix themselves are now producing lots of of their own movies mm, Netflix originals right? Um, yeah Netflix originals but it is kind of like whether they they I guess they have more power to do things so I would say it probably is a positive because if they're saying well we need to do this they're not just kind of licensing other movies like such as like Amazon Prime I know they do all like Disney kind of things mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so with I mean, the reputation I've certainly heard of Netflix is that they have more inclusive and more diverse TV shows that are more either more striking and/or more representative people that are watching the TV shows. Um, are there any examples of this that you think are worth challenging or you know supporting?
1: Um, not to go out to Bridgerton, <laughs> but um, I read I was reading an article because obviously their main character was a black man which was everyone was like, yeah, and there was also kind of quite a lot of people of different races um, that just weren't just white in the main cast. But I was actually reading something about saying that this wasn't an accurate portrayal of the time because no one really throughout the series commented on their race. So whilst they were in there, it was not kind of an accurate history portrayal because it never really mentioned the struggles or the struggles they would go through in order to um like portray it accurately. And then also all of the kind of non white characters in Bridgerton had a uh, um not very like nice trait about them or weren't kind of the most desirable characters. Which I think is interesting. I don't know if they were obviously trying to go for a more kind of but I guess if it was in the book, I don't I haven't read the book, so I don't know whether it was that's how it was presented in the book as well. But I just thought that was interesting because it was kind of challenging the idea that Bridgerton was this um, like forward mm. TV show kind of thing. I
0: suppose to, to challenge one of your points about um not making a political statement out mm. of the racial aspect of the cast, then I remember Viola Davis once saying that I think it's not fair for underrepresented minorities to... Constantly carry their race and and to push that sort of narrative mm. in TV shows. So, do you think? Do you think yes. Netflix can balance this the right way, or do you think there just needs to be so much more representation that eventually it's it's balanced? If that makes sense.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I I would like I completely agree with that and the idea, but then I also feel like sitting here as a white female saying. Um, that they shouldn't have to, you know, they should, I I guess for me is I don't really know whether they want, like, not everything has to be a political statement. I guess that is, whilst it's important to talk and discuss these things, I completely agree in the idea of that sometimes people want to just watch something to watch something and that these kind of, um, like, black actors shouldn't have to carry this political message in every single piece they do um, which could be what Brid- like Bridgerton was just I mean you didn't really watch Bridgerton for the political message you watched it for the kind the of the plot line romance. which was actually
0: the really yes, attractive male the characters. Plot
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> the majorly attractive male characters yeah
0: I remember when he was um, in Waterloo Road and he was just a, a dodgy PE teacher and now he's this yeah. gorgeous Bridgerton character <laughs> the glow up
1: I know how times have grown exactly to be fair yeah Okay, um... so
0: um, it's just funny that you talk about the way that um, Netflix has had these initiatives and the way they've changed things as a company, but obviously most people know of Netflix through either having it themselves or the idea of Netflix and chill. I was wondering Mm -hmm. um, what you think about that sort of (laughs) cultural wave, I guess
1: i think the netflix and chill culture is an incredibly kind of funny bit of like a meme which has been taken into like fully adopt like adopted by society especially kind of i would say teenagers uni students i don't know whether it's still obviously because of covid and lockdown rules it's probably died down a bit but i just so it first appeared like in this meme in 2015, which is now ages ago. Yes. Like I cannot believe it was that long ago. Um, which is obviously kind of this idea that casual sex, which in this day and age has always probably been an occurrence, but now there was kind of a um, title for it, um, which I guess is kind of in a way, good because it makes it more of a normal occurrence It should be something that is talked about and if people want to do what they want to do they should go and do what they want to do but um, I was also like one thing is that I guess this is kind of added element of pressure like if someone says oh do you want to come around and watch a movie like you're kind of like well is it just a movie or like is it but I think the most interesting thing about this is that um, Netflix actually embraced this like fully embraced it and actually on one of their official websites i think it was like in 2015 2016 um posted it obviously not explicitly saying like they were just like oh no it's just netflix and chill like you just come around and chill and watch netflix but obviously there was this kind of whole other side to it that everyone else knew Mm -hmm. but then i guess it's free publicity for them in a way so yeah no one was arguing against it. So, so Netflix has
0: obviously got themselves rooted right into their target market, you know, as you say, teenagers and students, mm-hmm. and not that teenagers should be necessarily doing Netflix and chilling, you know. <laughs> don't don't get me on the crossfire here, <laughs> but um, it, it's definitely tapped into that meme culture, and it's I would argue it's far more mm-hmm. equipped to stay relevant than other streaming services. Um,
1: oh, do 100%. you think
0: there are? negative aspects to being so relevant to young people
1: um i well yeah i definitely think there are some negative aspects to it in the way that people are watching like uni students you'll see you'll go to the library i mean for me at uni like i'll go to the library and i'll be like walking to find a seat and you'll see people watching netflix on their laptops or phones like having access to an app now on like a smartphone of around is you can watch netflix anywhere which is definitely I mean negative because it's just so easy accessible so you're kind of like oh I've done like 10 minutes work I'll watch like one episode of like um I don't know sex education Um, yeah sex education which is another one all kind of stranger things even though I feel like that's probably everyone's watched stranger things now (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes. I'm the I'm the guilty
1: calling out. I'm again. the guilty party
0: that's neither watched Sex Education, Bridgerton, Stranger Things. I've watched nothing. This you need to bring me all the Netflix shows that I need to watch and then all the reasons why I shouldn't because of this conversation.
1: <laughs> I know. We can do a case study on oh, you God. of um what happens if you watch all of these Netflix. I think
0: shows that's gonna need to get to the back once. of the queue of all the other case studies that I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um but no yeah but then obviously also not just blaming this on uni students and tea, like this has been like there's uh, there's apparently this kind of I was reading one article I think it was a Forbes article which said that um there is obviously negative aspects to Netflix and the impact it has on kind of teens and its influence in kind of that society in the way that like I'll be walking through the library at uni my like uni library so it's all uni students and I would try to find a seat and then, so you kind of do that nosy thing where you're looking at what other people are doing trying to kill time and like the amount of people that I see watching Netflix in there is just ridiculous like it is kind of that it's so accessible like it's never been this accessible before like being able to watch it on your smartphone or kind of even like if you don't have wi-fi hotspotting Netflix which I mean, if you don't have a good data plan, will cost you millions, but <laughs> like that. But then I also guess that you can't just put all the blame on uni students in the way that this does happen with adults. I was reading an article about this um, and someone was saying, I think it was a Forbes article, that he applied for a job and in it was a Netflix clause, which was, this is not a Netflix job, you cannot like work... And watch Netflix which I just thought was mad with the fact that like that actually has to be said because you just wouldn't think like, I mean I would never turn up to a job and watch Netflix yeah. like <laughs> it is just mad but yeah. yeah so
0: obviously it's I mean I am of the opinion that Netflix fries my brain because I, I know that I feel dumb when I don't read enough books like for fun mm-hmm. I'm that kind of old person and I you know when I watch too much YouTube or whatever instead of podcasts I do feel my brain melting but is there much proof that Mm -hmm. watching tv or even netflix in particular has this adverse effect on you
1: I couldn't so when I was like I couldn't because I thought this but I couldn't find anything that would say it did I think the bigger effect is more what people do by not like you know it's kind of like the things of binge eating they're not going out and exercising they're kind of having to be in one place do you know kind of that's kind of the bigger impacts than say actually frying your brain but then also don't hold (laughs) me to that because I suspect there is probably some scientific evidence because I remember
0: my teacher in school once making a point and again there was no article to you know reference or anything it was just in conversation he made a, a comment that I think depending on how much tv you watch you're a level grades can go from A, B to like C, D and just depending on how many hours of TV you watch a week or a day or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess what you could say about that, though, is that is it genuinely frying your brain or is it just more that you have less time to do revenge? Mm. You know, like other people, if you're watching kind of coming back from school and watching, I don't know, like six hours of TV, then you're not really going to have any other time to revise. Mm. Um, yeah but then I suppose
0: that that kind of shifts the issue away from the television watching the streaming service and towards the individual not having productive time set out aside from their relaxing but Mm -hmm. to make this a bit more um, relevant to Netflix Netflix as I say is very much a cultural statement it has its own meme it has its own you know like it really knows how to work its Twitter pages and everything. So it really is in the culture. Yeah. But with the rise of, as you mentioned before, Disney Plus and then, you know, Hey You and certain other streaming services like this, do we see a kind mm-hmm. of uh, a common pattern between these streaming services? Or is it just Netflix that seems to make these issues apparent?
1: I think probably Netflix is kind of i would say they're the one that mostly people watch their kind of especially in the uk i would argue um watch kind of the original series by netflix the most and things like that so they probably have more binge watches in the way that they'll release seasons in like one go because they actually have that but then you've also got the kind of I mean, the rise of Disney Plus over the kind of the past year, two years, has been probably, I mean, it was the black horse that no one ever saw coming. Like, who ever thought that Disney, I didn't, well, I mean, some people might, but I never thought Disney were going to release a streaming service like they did. And it's cheaper than Netflix, I'm pretty sure. And it's obviously got all of your childhood favourites, plus Star Wars, all of the Marvel movies, which is just something obviously Netflix can't offer because they don't well they don't have the licensing to mm. that um, so so
0: in terms of like numbers yeah. where does Disney plus stand in comparison to Netflix
1: um I'm not sure entirely sure I can get I didn't get the stats from Netflix, but I know for a fact that so Disney um is basically already has 50 million paid subscribers wow which was yeah and like i think it's been around for two years
0: now that's madness. two years
1: which like say compared to something like hulu which i should also probably claim is also owned by disney mm-hmm. um, but they've been going for like 13 years and they only have 30 million wow paid subscribers as of December 2020 mm. so, I just know
0: Um, it I mean... says launch date of Disney Plus was 12th of November 2019 so just 2019. like a year and a half um, and also the first year thing that came up when I typed in Disney Plus was Disney Plus and chill
1: hmm Maybe it's moving on. Wow.
0: Disney Plus is no longer for your childhood on. TV shows, that's for sure.
1: I know. I was going to say, that's a bit scarring, <laughs> isn't it? So, <laughs> I want to come over and watch The Lion King has a whole other oh, meaning. Oh, goodness, don't even.
0: <laughs> so what do you think is the success that Disney has, or Disney Plus has, over, say, Netflix? What has what their aim been that's been so much more um, effective over the past year?
1: I think Disney Plus... The one, like, the things that it really does have is it, it does kind of appeal to people's sense of childhood, like it's a comfort. I think, obviously, given the past year, everything's been up in arms. Like, I think anyone has kind of been looking for, like you said, like a comfort blanket almost, which I know for me has largely, since getting Disney+, Plus involved watching so many um child, like, Childhood movies and TV shows mm-hmm. like rewatch Wizards of Waverly Pace, and then also the things such as Disney are not having to fight for licensing like Amazon Prime and Netflix and things like that because obviously they own most of their like the well, what they've produced or owned most of their kind of their content, um, I guess TV shows content. Mm. Yeah, That's the word. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, like that is kind of the other thing is that Netflix is, and obviously Amazon Prime and things like that are constantly fighting for contracts and licensings to show things like Friends and mm-hmm. Office.
0: But do you think that this and, will mean that Disney Plus might peter out with its popularity or do you think this incline is going to keep going for a significant amount of time? Yeah.
1: I was thinking this because I was like, they, don't, they obviously aren't producing as much new content as the other streaming services. So I don't know if that's going to get to a point where people are kind of like... Over it. I don't really need this anymore. Yeah, like I don't need it. But then I guess also like having access, like things like the Marvel movies and the Star Wars and um, all the kind of like Disney classics. Like they're the thing that everyone had on DVD anyway before like obviously DVDs. <laughs> Have kind of died out of fashion. So I guess the like the difference between say like Disney Plus and then Netflix and Amazon Prime is that Netflix and Amazon Prime kind of offer the same things, whilst like you know like you can find a lot of the movies on both or TV shows on both. Whilst Disney kind of offers, I mean, none of its content is really on the other streaming services because they've made it so it's on like you know only Mm. they have licensed over mm-hmm. it um which i guess so i feel like it'll probably be at the end of this people will not be choosing between kind of like netflix and disney plus but it'll be more between like netflix or amazon prime kind of thing like do we keep all three of them because that's a lot of money mm-hmm. for kind of probably a society that hopefully when it goes back to normal won't be inside watching tv all day yeah. here's the hoping again. for
0: that change in society Yes. Mm. I mean obviously this year has been very unprecedented I hate that word um but (laughs) had to get it in there but obviously with the way things are all up in the air at the moment things are changing so much and there's obviously climate change and there's all this kind of you know don't sit in front of the tv too long go out and see a friend go for a walk all this kind of like the things that are being rammed down our throats and then inclusivity as you say and all this sort of stuff in tv what is the consumer behavior likely to do once things settle down, now that we're so conscious about how we spend our time and the way we want to invest our money and the different services and such, where does Netflix stand and where does the consumer stand in relation to Netflix?
1: You ask you a ask tough one. <laughs> Welcome um, to my words. No, I, th- <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I think one of the biggest what impacts will be what happens to Mm. cinemas and that in terms of just production because obviously a lot of people have started um doing their movie releases directly onto kind of netflix amazon disney i know that mulan came out instead of obviously because cinemas were shut went directly to disney plus so people could pay So obviously if that's kind of the new way of streaming films and like things coming out then I mean I for one will be extremely sad because I love going to the cinema but then I think they probably will survive on that terms and people will still kind of you know sit down and watch it Um, in terms of kind of also I guess for every like a lot of people sit down and watch TV on a Friday night, like Saturday and Geo you know, Saturday night. Like that is kind of a cult, a family culture for a lot of people. So I guess given more people are now watching, like Geo you know, using streaming services than using kind of paying for things like Virgin Media and Sky. Like I know for one that like my parents have just cancelled Virgin Media. Because we don't really watch anything on TV anymore. Like everything we watch is on streaming. So we only really need like BBC and things like that. Um, but then hopefully come June the twenty-first, if that happens, I'll say nothing else about whether <laughs> let's not get political. But um they um like people will probably spend less time at home. I know for one that I'm eager to just get you mm. know get out go see people like we've had mm. a year of kind of being able to kind of sit and watch things that I am so bored about sitting yeah, in front of the tv yeah. it'll be interesting uh, to
0: see whether or not this peak in streaming services and especially you know inclusive tv shows such as uh, I mean Bridgerton or like the release of Mulan or you know all these kinds of things it'll be interesting to see that when we are able to go back to what we decide is our new normal, whether or not we'll take the lessons mm-hmm. we've learned from the Black Lives Matter movements and the statues being ripped out and trying to yeah. push for a social equality, whether or not we're going to bring that into our TV mm-hmm. aspects and our streaming services, or if, with all convenience, we're just going to forget about it.
1: Yeah, I guess the thing is is that, obviously, people won't be watching it if people aren't mm-hmm. watching as much They're going to TV, choose the stuff that's most accessible. Then yeah they're the ones that they're going to try and push are the ones that always make hits which unfortunately in this day and age is filled with straight (laughs) yes so i guess that's the bigger that's i guess it'll be interesting Mm. to see what happens how this all kind of unravels on a whole well thank you very much for
0: coming and speaking to me about it imogen It's, it's definitely food for thought